Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said... <laughs> We're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. I decided I was going to get through that without laughing. Well, you did. But I think it was one of those things where you could probably hear me smiling because my mouth was stretched like ear to ear. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, that's that's a thing that uh, makes you sound happy. I want to say that <laughs> one reason I was having trouble getting through that, I was already giggly right. when we started because I asked you for advice right before we started. Yes, I was like, well, true, I <laughs> what do I do <laughs> about a social thing that I don't want to do. And you, your advice was like, essentially, once we drilled down, was to fake my own death. I, I mean, <laughs> like, you were like, disappear. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so um, I actually did uh, mention, that, like, I can tell this story. <laughs> there's times where if you t- just want to see someone, there's no reason in particular that you can give them, but you're just like, I just don't want to see mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And the last time I said, the next few weeks are going to get a little crazy to someone over email was uh, September 10th, 2001. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, does she think I knew something, you know? So you either, it's, you're either either cool because you're clairvoyant yes. or you're maybe a terrorist, uh, which is scary. That's the thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm going to Ireland this summer. Oh, boy. And I'm going to have to use my French passport because my... American one is not expired, but like within the six months. Hold on a second. Alarm emoji. Yes, go for it. (laughs) I didn't know that you had a French passport. I'm a dual citizen, yeah, and a spy. So anyway, I have, (laughs) I do have a French passport. And because um, it's going through a travel agent through my, you know, my boyfriend's family, I'm not responsible to talk to, you know, so there was a little back and forth of, is it still good within six months? You should get it renewed. But it's like a weird audition time where they want to make sure you have a U.S. passport on you to travel yesterday. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So I was like, I feel feel weird about getting it renewed and then not having it in the next couple of weeks. So can I use my French one? And they're like, yeah, of course, because it doesn't expire until next year. And then they're like, okay, that's great. And then uh, his mom was like, it's really cool. You have, you know, two passports. And I joked, I was like, yeah, I can also use my third one uh, from 15 years ago, September uh, 2001 under a fake name from a, <laughs> and she's like, well, I was like, I'm joking. I, was like, I get it. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about why you have a French passport though? Um, uh, my mother's French. So, I have no idea. So when, uh, and her mother's French. So when a parent at the time is, you know, French, they can pass it on within okay. certain regulations in the EU. And it started a few years ago. My um, my nephew now got his That's French cool. passport. He's four and a half. So he's Sorry. French now. Uh, he speaks adorable. more French a than little, I do. A little adorable French, a French four-year-old. Yes. What's more adorable than that? So any child or grandchild of mine can get their French citizenship. That's cool. Let's get you some grandkids. Yeah, but it's a dual thing. So I don't have to get rid of one. Okay. I guess I am both. I met your mom. Um, oh she God. was adorable. She's adorable. Let's just put, get that right out yeah. there. She looks I, like me. <laughs> but I didn't. She does. She looks just like you. But I didn't. Uh, I didn't detect any. Well, it was extremely loud. Well, she was um, born here. Okay. But partially raised there. So her mother's French. And as such, she could get it. And because she got it, I could get it. Dig it. That's awesome. I think actually even your grandparent can get it for you. But she identifies as French more because she just is. She was raised here. So when she speaks... English. It's sort of like with an American accent, like kind of thick, kind of Yorker, like mm-hmm. that. Not that thick, but like kind of. It's very mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> Perfect Parisian. Really? It's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and we go out and she's like, oh, I'm going to have this. What do you want, Catherine? And then she's like, blah, 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 to the waiter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Speaking so. of Perfect Parisian, yes. that sounded great. Thank you so much. <laughs> do you know what that meant? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
So, oh. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm a spy. Yeah, well, so, so that's cool. I yeah, know a spy. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm a little nervous about coming back, though, because getting in, I get to pass the long American line. It just goes mm. straight through. Oh, that's they're awesome. Like, yeah, you're one of us. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. On the way back, if I try to do that in uh, the American line, they'll be like, no, you have to go through immigration. They punish I you. do, technically. Yeah. They, uh, the couple times I've traveled outside the country recently, coming back, I always get some a customs official who is kind of a dick about the fact that I, like, I think left the United States in the first place. Right, yeah. They're sort of like, well, did you miss it? Love it or leave it. Like, they give me, I like, just... this weird, like, and I'm like, I'm back, aren't I? What What's wrong? <laughs> There's a great so story about, I forget which musician, uh, and then we'll get to the show, I promise. And uh, they're British, and they end up marrying this American musician, but... They met them when the person was touring and this woman's like, I'm going to marry this person. And she was right. Like, they fell in love. But she moved to America to sort of meet him again and be with him. And when they asked, why did you arrive in this country? She said, to get married. And they were like, bye-bye. <laughs> get out. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. You can find us at StruggleBuzzPod. Oh, that whole thing. <laughs> you can email us at StruggleBuzzPodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag StruggleBuzzPod. Hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. And you can tweet us at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. We have a few things in the works. We have a few things. We're going to ease into it. We don't want to excite you too much at once. But a lot's happening that are all good and exciting. And it just means more stuff for you. Yeah, it's it's a good time. And I think we'll talk about maybe like one new thing per app exactly. or, or every other app yes um, we might have a new website coming oh soon ish so don't get freaked out get excited yeah um so we want to first talk about our new campaign we're launching <gasps> yes what's it called sally well <clears throat> it has a few different names i like the one you gave it okay so we're announcing the ticket to ride program yes. aka the bring a friend program aka the new struggle buddies forever campaign or the number four mm-hmm. um Obviously. and basically we want to ask you guys to tell friends that you think would like the show about the show if you haven't already mm-hmm. maybe you have Hope but have but please lean into the evangelization around listening to the struggle bus because uh we think it we're all right we find and, that most people find us word of mouth you yeah, know? yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, it really helps because people trust people they are friends with as opposed to just blatantly saying, hey, maybe try listening to this, whatever. But if it's a good friend or a group of friends or a lit serve or whatever mm-hmm. you're on, maybe like suggest our show because it helps us. Yeah. But here's where you get the reward. Yeah. We Sally. would never ask you to do something without giving you something. God, no. So well, we probably will sometime in the future. But right now. <laughs> um, so if you can get a friend to listen to an episode all the way through, I'm making it sound like it's a terrible, torturous task. Well, we'll know. Um, <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to get a friend to listen to the podcast all the way through. And at the very end I'm talking after the outro song yeah, so they can actually just skip don't tell them <laughs> no, that <I'm> <laughs> do not do that they wouldn't do that we don't um, want them anyways listeners. on our system mm-hmm. uh, you can't there will be an easter egg little code word mm-hmm. and you have your friend email us struggle bus podcast at gmail.com nailed it mm-hmm. um and tell us what the easter egg was and in return for you getting through the episode and probably pledging your allegiance to be a listener forever you will win a prize um it'll be one of the following so is it the person who referred the friend or the friend i think the referral yeah the referral not the referee yeah, yeah the not referral. the referral 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 at. yeah make no. sure your friend lets us know who referred yeah them. yeah yeah, yeah so good call can, yeah. um and so 
you'll both oh we said you'll both get a prize you the referrer will yes. get a prize yes. um and it'll be something like we'll something as simple as well thank you both on air or we'll record a little audio message of your choice to for you for someone else we've mm-hmm. had people ask us to like record a thing for a friend or yeah, whatever which I'm yeah we're happy to do you know um, if we'll, it's short we'll read you poetry or an inspirational quote on the show gosh darn right um you can dedicate something to someone if you want yeah um we will Monday or, morning drive hey. <laughs> dedication you can oh yeah we can do like Delilah style yes we'll do an entire episode in a Delilah voice if you ask us to oh my god we won't do that um you can choose the <laughs> I outro- do it all the time <laughs> that's pretty good thanks um you can uh choose the outro song of an episode maybe we might veto it and give you another prize mm-hmm. um or you can also ask us to talk about the topic of your choice maybe yeah. you've always wanted to hear us like jibber jabber about something that we've never really gotten around to something that hasn't come up that you're curious about that maybe hasn't happened to you but that you want to know about yeah Yeah. and so the idea is just that it's it's really helpful when you guys tweet or like share on facebook about the show but maybe not all your friends follow you on twitter or maybe they're like that dolt also tweets out sales at target i'm not gonna why would i listen to this dumb podcast (laughs) i want to follow that person um anyway So, so like so the word of mouth recommendation is just like yeah. Better. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, so that's really cool. So thank you for being awesome. You're all the best fans and all that. So, all right, let's talk about our weeks. Um, I, I'm i going to keep this one brief because yeah. it happened like pretty much right after we recorded last week mm-hmm. and it was an incident that you can now hear about on several podcasts because I was uh, renting a rehearsal space that night after we recorded last mm-hmm. week to meet a, a band of Gypsy Brothers. They're a rock band who are gypsies. And the owner of the studio space was such a horrible garbage monster. And I gave him many, many chances to be nice. Um, He was just real patronizing and mansplaining and rude and awful. And after like the third time where I was just like ignoring it and he just kept doubling down, I was like, what? What would Kate and Sally tell me to do? And I was like, right, I should take my own damn advice. Mm -hmm. And I just turned around and I felt safe and I calmly said, uh, Sorry, you just can't talk to me like a child. And of course, that pissed him off. But other things happen. Listen to the episode or listen to Keith and the Girl or listen to, you know, whatever you want. Uh, Definitely mine first because it goes more into the story. But basically, I just took my own advice, which is also going into the self-care thing. But Mm -hmm. we'll get to that as well. But it was really weird and horrible and sad. But I can't tell you how much it helps knowing that I had you guys, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and that you all have experienced something similar. And I'm not saying I'm the hero everyone's been waiting for. (laughs) I'm saying that I finally was like, oh, you can stand up for yourself if you feel safe, of course, you Mm -hmm. know. And it was fine. Like, the guy didn't learn his lesson, but he never will. But I felt better for having said something. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, you um, you handled it, like, in such an awesome way. And I think people should definitely listen to... The Tell the Bartender mm-hmm. and the Keith and Girl episode. Yeah. Because I haven't listened to the Keith and Girl episode yet, but it sounds like you guys had an awesome conversation about it. Yeah. Um, but really just to like understand really thoroughly what happened and how Catherine handled it, it's really worth listening to. And also why I chose to talk about it because I was like, I'm not going to give this guy any more like attention of my life or whatever. And, um, you know, I got some great advice from Clemda who was in the live show and about why it is important to speak up, not because you're going to shame someone, but because it's going to help you teach others to not be silent about things because mm-hmm. people like that feed on silence. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need to listen. I just gave you the whole summary. <laughs> That's it. That was my week. Um, okay. Well, I had like a, a bit of an up and down week. Um, and like the highs were highs and the lows were pretty low. Um, but the thing I actually want to talk about is uh, 
Cubs. Uh, so Sally, do they know? I don't. I don't know. Listen, this is new. So I'm gonna need you all to go to the app store. Shut up. Don't don't tell me you don't play games in your iPhone. I don't play games in my iPhone. Go to the app store. Download Neko Atsume. Okay. Sally was very hesitant at first when I showed her the app. Well, I was like, here's the thing. My girlfriend had it mm-hmm. and I was getting so much pleasure living vicariously through her and like looking at her yard. It was like satisfactory. Mm-hmm. And at the end of last week, I sort of just, man, like like I said, the lows were low. And I was like, I just need a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to like, should I take up smoking? Should I <laughs> should I get drunk on my lunch hour? Or should I just like try this other thing? And say the last thing. I did the last thing, which is I downloaded Neko Atsume. Mm-hmm. It can only make you happy. Thank you. You cannot lose at it. Uh, and the thing I want to talk about is tubs. So please fast forward uh, if you don't want any tub spoilers, because I'm going to reveal. Can I just talk about tubs for yes, a second? Yes, absolutely. Can I there, get real? Because there's more he does that he hasn't done yet. So there's no okay. way you know all the. So yeah, I, I should say also, I'm a very, very beginner player at mm-hmm. this. I should say also that we're drinking out of tubs coffee mugs. We both have a tubs coffee Are mug. Are we going to post the photo? Definitely. Right, okay. Um, the thing about tubs, so this is this is a spoiler, but it's a pretty like 101 spoiler. Yeah. Um, he comes and he eats all your fucking food, which makes all the other cats go away eventually. And then he lays there with a shit eating grin. And then on he his lays face. there with a shit eating grin, taking like an amazing post feast nap. <laughs> and the thing is, if you just like let him sleep and nap and enjoy his feet, his like feast nap, he'll leave. And he'll leave you a bunch of fish. Yeah, but here's the thing. Your instinct is to fill the food bowl immediately. Like, fuck you, Tubbs. Mm-hmm. Here's food. And then he disappears and then, early and yeah. leaves nothing. And it's enraging. And because he, you're like, you fucking ate all my goddamn food. And I get nothing in return. And I remember when uh, your girlfriend started playing it and you texted me. And I think we talked about it mm-hmm. on the show. You're like, goddamn Tubbs. And I was like, no, you have got to yeah. let him sleep. Which I didn't even... I forgot about that entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I fucked it up earlier. Anyway... Um, the point is, here's why it's all about life. Actually, yeah. I can see what you're saying. I, sometimes, if you just, like, wait it out, you have to, like, basically wait patiently for tubs to leave so you can get your fish, okay? And, you know, sometimes there are things that you have to, like, tend to. You're like, I really need to talk this out with this person right now. Um, or, like, I really need to deal with this. Or, like, I need to figure out what I'm doing for self-care right now. Other times, maybe you, you just need to, like, be patient, take some deep breaths, and just, like, wait it the fuck out and time will pass and it'll seem easier to think of a solution, like something will become more approachable. Tubbs taught me this lesson. You know what else is great about that besides the fact that, no joke, I'm like about to high five you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun because the app itself, you like you can't play with the game until Tubbs leaves, but you mm-hmm. want the fish. It forces you to guess what? Put down your phone. Yeah, that's, that too. And I've never seen a game before that's like, no, 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 take a moment. Yeah. You know, you totally. need a moment. So it's just really fun. Yeah. No, it's a really. That's a great life it's a great lesson. App. Yeah. Well, t- and it's, it's, isn't it's a monster. It's he's just, he's going to give you something great. It's like life, like good things will happen, but yeah, you got to wait it out around for a while. So uh, that's how Tubbs <laughs> oh, uh, Sally, will change your life. So let's move into our next segment, which we have a new segment. New, yeah, no, that was awesome. We <laughs> new, we have a new, well, it's not a new segment, but we've named the segment. Finally. Which we could have just played it cool and not said that we named it, but no, whatever, I think we, we need named to. It. Okay. I hired a skywriter. So usually when we, <laughs> usually when we go into this, we're like, what's the thing you did to help yourself last week? What did you do for self-care? But we decided to shorten all that. Yep. And we're just going to talk about a thing, a thing we, we did. did. <gasps> 
Yeah. Oh my God, there it that is. was perfect. A so, thing we did. So we're going to talk about a thing we did. Catherine, you kind of hinted at I it. I did, yeah. So sometimes I segue without meaning to. I, yeah, listen to your own advice or listen to mine. Um, but really trust yourself and know that, you know, for every jerk in the world, there's like a million people out there who are totally going to be on your side. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to say something because that guy backed down like no one's business. Mm-hmm. The second I said something, I was like, oh, I see. That's your <laughs> kryptonite. As right. I said, don't very calmly. I'm going to have to go ahead and ask you not to talk to me like I'm a child. And then I turned around wow, like, incredible. wow, that just destroyed him. That's awesome. Great. It felt pretty good, you guys. Um, yeah, no, it feels good just vicariously hearing about it. Thank you. Um, so a thing I did, I didn't, I kind, as I wrote in the doc, kind of nothing. I didn't really do a great job of doing anything for self-care last week. I had, it was like a, it was just like a lot happening. And uh, the result of me not really investing any time in that is that I had a little bit of a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, just a minor one, a minor one, a little weekend meltdown. That's I like okay. to do that every it weekend. It happens on the weekend. It does, time. yeah. Interesting. I, I have to, one of the things I need to do is I need to close the gap between like the my quality of life during the week and my quality of life during the weekend. Like mm-hmm. I just need to, I think, make my weeks more more better yeah because I've been journaling your emotions no no I just noticed that <laughs> no it's you. true yeah, I, yeah. I know every every time we record I'm like so I had a meltdown this yeah. weekend um and I wonder if it's because during the week you're working so hard you can't let yourself uh let your guard down right? yeah and also like I just I get to the weekend and I'm like okay I have two free days and it's like they're full days and I have to make the most of them and everything has to be amazing yeah. go which is a, always just going to be a huge letdown yeah it is um and then I get in this like spiral because I'm like but why do I think that that's dumb don't get involved in that thinking and then I'm like punishing myself about that so it's right. a whole thing you and guys what would Tubbs do what would Tubbs do Tubbs, Tubbs would, would eat and take a nap he would chow on that food he would take a nap and just enjoy himself so wow. I guess that's what we'll all try next weekend. Yeah, we're all tubs. So, okay, speaking so that of, was a thing we did. Yeah. So speaking of tubs. Oh, my God. This is an all-tubs-themed episode. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be called or, you know, whatever, but... Um, we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. And this person chose their name. Yeah, this person actually asked for the pseudonym Tubs, mm. which I'm totally into. Do maybe, you want to read Maybe it's not related. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Do you want to read or should I? Uh, sure, I can read it. Hold okay. on. Dear Kate and Sally... Before we get to struggling, a little background on my situation. I graduated from university last May with degrees in applied math and French. I originally was singularly focused on my math degree, but after a lot of encouragement from my French professors, I ended up turning my French minor into a major. I've spent the last six months teaching in France to gain fluency and to help improve my speaking and listening skills, all the while intending to apply to graduate school for applied math and... Uh, eventually become a university professor slash researcher. However, due to the encouragement of my French professors, I decided to apply to a few French programs as well. Over the last two months, I worked tirelessly on graduate school applications, and now the responses are starting to come in. I was originally very worried about my GPA since I have bipolar disorder and was struggling to deal with that, along with work and school over the past few years. However, all of my hard work has paid off, and humble brag, I've been accepted to every school I've applied to so far, and the outlook is good for the remaining schools. Now for the struggle. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about having to return my decisions to these schools, particularly because I'm not just comparing programs, I'm also comparing disciplines. I already know that I love to teach math, as I worked in math education during my undergraduate degree. I've had a somewhat subpar experience with research, but I believe this may be because of the particular research project that I was working with that I was working on, sorry. As for French, I don't always get the same satisfaction from French as I do from solving a very complicated math problem, but I love literary analysis and writing. Either way, major nerd alert. So herein lies my struggle. There are 
different things I like about these two fields. How do I begin to compare them and make my final decision about which discipline and program I should pursue? I tend to doubt myself and my abilities more in math, potentially because it's a male-dominated field, and I find that most math departments do very little outreach to encourage women in their programs. However, I don't want to be another woman who leaves STEM because she couldn't handle it, even though I know I shouldn't have to handle it in the first place. More like more women like me in STEM could mean the door opens more for women in the future. The uh, the French programs have been f- much more welcoming and supportive, but I worry that if I will somehow feel less fulfilling to work in a field that doesn't offer as much as practical application or job security. I love writing and would love to continue to develop that skill, and I really don't want to lose all the work I've done to learn this language. However, based on my experience teaching English to French students, I'm starting to doubt whether I will enjoy teaching French to English students, though I recognize there are some key differences. So. Here's my dilemma. Normally, I would make a pro-con list. However, I don't even know where to start with this one because I feel like I'm comparing apples and horses, two things not even on the same plane. What angle should I be taking on this? Further, how do I begin to compare the different offers made to me? Money, location, general vibe? I love the podcast and find that a lot of the advice you offer to other people helps me gain perspective on my own life in some way. But since someone has yet to write in directly about choosing between math and French, here I am. I am blazing the path for tens of us out there (laughs) faced with this tough decision. Thanks so much for all you do, Tubbs. Uh, Tubbs, just listen to episode 10. We covered this. Next. <laughs> awesome. Okay, no, so we next did not. Email. Okay, so Tubbs. Great question. Awesome question. I guess one thing, one thing I would advise is to maybe figure out, if you haven't already, what the most important things to you are for your quality of life. I think, um, you know, for some people, actually really having a surplus of money for whatever because they want to travel or because they like to buy expensive things or because they want to have a nest egg or buy a house um or they're worried about catastrophes all the time like me that is a priority and that might influence you for other people um location like and quality of life in the city or the town they're going to live in and for other people a huge quality of life thing is the people they're going to be working with all the time and so I think if you can start to prioritize the things that make you happy um, and then try to figure out which of these paths might get you closer to more of those things that's one way to think about it I think yeah I think that's a great piece of advice especially because first what do you really want from all this it sounds like you're giving all these great opportunities but not everyone wants all the same things so you may want to have a good location personally (laughs) for me it's all about location and financial security like who's offering a, a loan or whatever or scholarship actually preferably but Another thing is there is no wrong answer because at the end of the day, if you start a math program and just hate it, you can always transfer somewhere or you can go back to the French thing. Like it is sort of a big to do, but just so you know, you're never ever going to be stuck in something forever. So Mm -hmm. if that is your concern, try to not let that control your decision. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so like look at the near future more like the the first year. Really, where do you see yourself? Mm -hmm. And don't worry about being in math just because there's not other women in math. If you you know, for whatever reason, don't want to. That's a lot of pressure. So don't feel like you're disappointing anyone Mm -hmm. if you don't go into math, you know? Um, Math is a great skill. It's uh, got a great job field, French as well. So it really depends on what you enjoy, what's better for your mental health as well, and what is going to make you happiest and most interested in it. Mm -hmm. Because if you, trust me, if you study something just because you know you should and you don't like it, you're probably not going to enjoying it and or giving it your 100% after that. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I would say like think about whether or not you're someone who 
get so much satisfaction and pleasure from the fact that you're doing quote unquote the right thing mm. that that will sustain you. And if you are like if, if it would sustain you to know that staying in STEM is having an impact that you think is important and every day when you wake up you'd be so psyched about that that you'd be happy with your decision then by all means like continue on that path. But if you think about it and you're like that is a cool thing but I don't know if it's enough to actually sustain my happiness in this profession that's fine. I mean a lot of us are you know we do the thing that we're passionate passionate about or that we think is going to have social justice impact in our spare time um and that that it's okay to not want your career to be that the the other thing I would think about is um what all the different jobs are that are possible with each degree um and I don't really know what the landscape is like where you are but I I know that here going to grad school can for some time for some people sometimes be a way of prolonging uh, being in the workforce and being like, I'm not totally sure what I want to do. I really enjoy studying this thing. I'm going to do this right now. And then I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that because I think doing things because they're interesting and because you like them is f- like a great reason to do things and I've made a lot of my decisions that way Mm -hmm. but I also know people who have gone through school and come out the other side and been like it's been really really tough to find a job in their field and the amount of blood sweat and tears they've put into earning their degree and the amount of money and like debt they have which maybe that wouldn't be a thing for you um that's accumulated and then to not be able to like find a job in the field because there is actually just a, uh, a dearth of available jobs and the competition is so high. Mm-hmm. I think that can be like really fucking frustrating. And um, and so I would just think about choosing something that, yes, you definitely love to do and you want to be steeped in, but that also there's, there are like ample career opportunities. Yeah. And also I will say it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? You can still study math and be a mathematician and also do other things in the field of French or French study. You know, people can mix both. Like I have a lot of passions and interests and I manage to kind of weave them together sometimes, hence the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been a performer, done voiceover, had to buy equipment for other things. And I was like, I'm going to try this. And now I'm like, oh, I'm doing many things. So um, there are ways in which you can use all these things you love in your life mm-hmm. and have it as a side thing or another main job or weave it into the job you do. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's you're not saying goodbye to one thing forever. You know, maybe you can't focus on it for a while, but it doesn't mean you can't have it. Yeah. Right? Both of these things actually sound like they can be done extracurricularly. I think maybe French more easily mm-hmm. because you could be like in a, a book club that's in French. You could be in a discussion yeah. group that's like led in French. Like there's no math you could, teams for fun. <laughs> you could like tutor kids well probably in either thing whatever so I mean I think about ways that you could also do things extra curricularly um that might satisfy you yeah yeah I hope that helps I hope you got this in time you're maybe already in a graduate yeah but you know what (laughs) it sounds like you're just kicking ass and uh yeah yeah there's no wrong answer just uh try to do what makes you feel good Tubbs go get them and please update us yeah on what you've decided all right Oh, this one's, yeah. Okay, this email is from Jake, who requested that we use his real name. Real name. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) um, I love our new alerts. Okay. (laughs) Dear Sally and Kate, I thought Mm. I'd mix things up a bit. Okay, interesting. Like it, like it. (laughs) Uh, So while I was tweeting my trans friend about white feminism, the TERFs that harass her found us and started saying that I was a misogynist and was defending men who are, quote unquote, dressing up in a frock. By the way, let's just uh, explain that TERF is an acronym that means trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yes. That's right, right? It's basically just a bunch of feminists who were like, 
trans women don't know what it's like to be a woman, so therefore they can't identify as women. Yeah. Correct? And, well, and also that there's so much That's demented think. thinking inside of it, but that is part of it. Okay. Um, in this case, arguing against women on whether feminists should include trans women. Does it make me a bad ally to try and explain to feminists why trans women should be included? Should I sit back and listen to them deny the existence of trans women and be a bad ally to trans women? Or should I defend trans women and in the process be a bad ally to feminists? Yeah. Uh, many thanks if you get around to answering this and many thanks if you don't because you two are awesome. Jake. Jake. I oh, actually- by the way, sorry. I just excluded a big part. Um, he said you can go to his Twitter handle, which is at Jake Bolton, B-O-L-T-O-N. And if you want to see some of the tweets he's yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Jake. I actually know Jake from the, uh, the tweeters and uh, we've tweeted at each other. This is an interesting topic because, you know, um, Jake's wanting to be sensitive and, you know, not you know, explain like actually. And I've had this problem before as well. What I will say is unfortunately conversations over Twitter don't always go so well, you know, so that's the first thing. Um, I find that I have heard friends say this that I, you know, totally respect. And I'm like, I don't know if Twitter's the right place to say something in general. And also, you know, yeah, you're correct that this person, you don't know what their experience is and you don't want to explain to them why, a tra- you know what I mean? Like, while I completely disagree with TERFs on a 100% level, um, I don't know how much good can be done from someone they don't know explaining over Twitter why. Sally, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that the thing about engaging with TERFs is that I, I'm, I really think that they are some of the most... Their, their opinions are some of the most vile and hateful that I've heard expressed online. And engaging with people who are so hostile, you know, you are sort of like, you're, you're challenged to like really make a meaningful difference in their opinions. So I would take that into consideration, um, generally take into consideration the futility of engaging them at all. But the other thing that's, I think, kind of the most important thing here is something that I actually learned when I worked at Planned Parenthood um, in New Haven. We would have protesters every Saturday. They would come and they would stand at both entrances to our driveway. And and they would harass women who were coming. They would harass people coming into the clinic to, well, they would harass to, all women. To do they, they assumed that everyone was coming in to get an abortion. Right, right. And so it it would it was it's tough to resist engaging with them and yelling at them or whatever. But what that does is it escalates things and it makes things really difficult and even more scary and emotional for the people who are going into the clinic to seek care. And so the priority was to always consider the experience of the people who are going into the clinic. Um, and I think it's sort of similar, you know, with engaging TERFs online. Considering the experience of trans-identified people who have to deal with their hateful bullshit all the time, sometimes engaging with them is going to escalate the hostility and, uh, yeah. and could potentially make people feel unsafe. And so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind generally as an ally. We all have to keep that in mind at all times. Um, but the other thing is like I think because you have – I hesitate to give the advice, like ask a trans person what you should do because that is like really an oppressive thing. Yeah. But if you have a personal relationship with someone who's trans and is being harassed online, I think it's okay to say, hey, I just want to talk to you about the way I'm handling this. You know, am I making things worse for you? Is it helpful? Because the other thing is that a lot of times people might feel like, hey, like I actually don't need you to 
to defend me. I don't mm. need you to the way for you to be an ally isn't to quote unquote come to my rescue. Like yeah. I got this. And so I think it's important to keep all of that different kind of stuff in mind. Um and because you are connected to someone, it sounds like you're you're actually friends at least online. I think you can also have this conversation with them. Yeah, I think that planned parenthood thing is amazing advice because it's true like you're not going to change some people's minds and it while it's hurtful and hateful and you want to be a good ally, sometimes that means knowing when to step back and not escalate to make it worse for the person who might also get added at on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in this big clusterfuck and the person's like, what's going on? But I do understand the question of how do you be a good ally when X, Y, and Z. Whenever there's a question like this, I would say Twitter's never the place to suss it out, you know? But if you have a really good friend that you really like who is a, a feminist who's, you know, just saying this stuff, if you do find yourself person to person, Maybe it would be okay too if they wanted to start a discussion and just be like, okay, I hear you. Uh, I have friends that, you know, this and that. We can disagree, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if you have a friend who is expressing some, you know, a lack of understanding about how, you know, trans people fit into intersectional feminism and you can have a real conversation with them then go for it turfs are usually not really open to they're really not they're they're really aggressive and mean and cruel and uh terrible so I don't necessarily think it's it's great to engage them at all because it's also just like don't like we're not having a debate about whether or not trans women are women like that's not a thing we're debating like that's been settled um so that's one thing but the other thing you said I just want to talk about you said or should I defend trans women and in the Mm. process be a bad ally to feminists and I I just want to make it clear that being an ally to trans women is being an ally to feminists feminism at its best is intersectional um and is about all the different kinds of marginalizations and injustices people face Mm -hmm. um so don't let anyone trick you into thinking that being a feminist and being a trans ally are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. And and here's the other thing is I, I I will say I have a friend who I really like and respect who has said real turfy things. And um, all I say to her in person, because like, you know, she knows where I stand and where she stands. is I'm like, yeah, I was like, I, you know, I just I don't agree with that. I really don't want to know if you get into that. And she's like, no, I really don't want to get into it. And that's the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's not going to listen to me. Right. You know. Yeah, so. I mean, you, we all like encounter those people like online or IRL who it's like, okay, you have like no space to hear what I'm saying. So she, I yeah. guess this conversation is just like over. And, you know, I'm not going to change this person. Yeah. I'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not I would going too. to. Let me out of. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, exactly. Jake, uh, I think these are all really awesome questions and I'm glad that you asked them. I'm glad you're thinking it through. Yeah. And don't feel that silence is not being an ally, right? Uh, yeah. Oftentimes silent like being quiet and listening is the best way to be an ally most people are not gonna be like but where's jake bolton in this conversation because i really you know what i mean like it's it's better sometimes to just ease back and know that you can't always help but it's nice that you want to i think you're awesome i know you know like i said we're twitter buddies so yeah and you can you can support people in you know ways other than stepping into you know their battles yeah so you can think about other ways to support yeah yeah all right thanks for writing in jake oh jake thanks all right so ooh, we get to finally we get to give someone a pseudonym God. here Jeez. all right it's been long enough well i mean i mean obviously we're not a nico atsumi kick and will be for the next 10 years but uh forever i never want to get a little creative or something or um what could we do 
Oh, I, have you watched My Cousin Vinny recently? A while back. Yeah, we talked about this, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Did we talk about it on the show? I think so, maybe, but like a long time ago. Oh, okay. Well, I just rewatched it. And I could be making everything up. That's fine. Um, I watch it every I obviously day, have so no that's memory why. of it. Um, I rewatched it, and I have to say, sometimes you rewatch movies from like the early 90s or the late 80s, and you're like, ooh, this is actually so problematic that it's not even enjoyable. Yeah. That was not the case with My Cousin Vinny. Um, it was like, it had its ups and downs, but it actually really wasn't that cringy you know, and we, it's so fucking funny we recently watched Airplane and it was the same thing it was like wow that was kind of progressive some yeah. of those jokes I was like huh I interesting know. yeah 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 like making fun of the white people coming to Africa to like quote unquote save yes. them and all that stuff and totally. yeah that was amazing so maybe we should um, would you be into uh, My Cousin Vinny name? yes okay well how about um, I don't remember any of the names but uh, how about Mona Lisa perfect that's Marissa Tomei's character perfect everyone go watch My Cousin Vinny yeah yeah, it's a great movie. I have no idea what this person's preferred gender pronoun is, and I just chose the name Mona Lisa. Oh, so you know what? Just so you know, yeah, it's gender neutral Mona Lisa. We're going to go with it. It could be, uh, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Hello, Kate and Sally. Uh, I'm writing because I've been dealing with a bit of an internal struggle lately. I'm 25 and working a job that is not particularly fulfilling or interesting. For now, I'm okay with that situation, and my soul is momentarily uncrushed. The problem has more to do with how I'm spending my free time. In an ideal world, I would spend some portion of my evenings and weekends working on projects and developing skills that matter to me. I would really like to improve my foreign language skills, learn some web design stuff, work on art projects, and do a bunch of other self-development things. What I usually end up doing during my free time is fucking around on the internet, reading fiction, or watching pointless TV. I will occasionally watch an online tutorial or listen to podcasts that relate to the aforementioned goals, but I don't think these minor efforts are enough to achieve anything substantial. I thought about starting a blog to track my progress with these skills and projects, yay external accountability, but I'm afraid to make these things public in case I fail miserably. Any advice you have about doing things in spite of the fear of failure, holding yourself accountable to goals, or managing side projects while working full-time would be greatly appreciated. There's a decent chance that I will slug these problems in a few months. Keep on working your podcast magic. Mona Lisa. Oh, man, Mona Lisa. Okay, Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. I I have to say, um, you know, just like by, by looking at the things you listed, you know, improving your foreign language skills, learning some web design stuff, work on art projects, do a bunch of other self-development things. Those are like things that people do over decades. That's not a thing. That's like not a thing people do like on a Saturday, you know? I'll spit on my water. So I think it's like totally. On a Saturday. You know? Like I think it's rad that you want to do all that stuff. But I mean, one thing I would do is I would pick like maybe one thing um, so that you're not so overwhelmed that you're like, fuck it. Let me just like watch some TV. Pick like one thing. Make it a thing you're going to really, really enjoy actually doing, not a thing you will enjoy having done or you'll feel good about having done, but a thing you will actually enjoy doing because then you're actually just going to do it and you won't have to like start a blog. But, you know, if you want to be accountable, I would say just be accountable to yourself. Like start a log. Like there are so many apps you can download called there's one called Streaks, I think, where you can like check off every day like you do a thing or you can just like write it. You can make a little print out calendar like I have and make an X every day you do whatever like but your accountability system doesn't have to be a public declaration yeah and also um, I noticed I'm sorry just double checking because you said weekends not that it matters but if you're working a nine to five like day job I find that it helped me a lot when I was doing that even though I was doing other things on the side um, and I was feeling a little overwhelmed I know it sounds cheesy, but you might want to try this. When you first get up in the morning, try getting up a little bit earlier because the stuff you write down, even if it's stream of consciousness, just for, I know a lot of people talk about morning pages for other things that I've not had a good experience with, but there's something about just your mind, the first thing in the morning, these things come out that you never 
would really trust to say, if you like writing, either typing or journaling or whatever, just write down for three minutes anything that comes to your mind. It's a really great way to sort of get into your subconscious after you get out of the dream state. Mm. It's really interesting. I find that if you force yourself to do something before you have to go to that job every single day, it starts to make you build a schedule outside of that job and start thinking about life outside of that job. And Mm -hmm. then you will start thinking about those goals. The other thing I want to say is that uh, it's totally okay to chill out and zone out and Mm -hmm. watch TV. I think it's really important to do that sometimes. It's 90% of what I do in my life. No, but like read a book and and watch TV or or not, whatever. You don't have to always be on. You don't have to always be doing something creative and amazing. Do you guys know what I do half the time? Not half the time, but like, yeah, I kind of like to play Candy Crush Mm -hmm. and like watch a movie at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it makes my mind just go, ah. I yeah. Get to rest, you know? Totally. So there's nothing wrong with that, like, first of all. Yeah. And yeah, Sally's correct. Take your time. It will come to you. Yeah. You know what? But I think for me, it really helped me to get up super early in the morning. Not super early, but a little bit earlier than before work because it made me know that my life was not just that job. Mm-hmm. I had this moment. It felt so precious because when you're done with work, you're tired, mm-hmm. you know? But I was like, feeling really alive and I was like you know what I'm gonna get to work but first I'm gonna write down this thing oh and then I'm gonna look into this later today Mm -hmm. like things came out of my mind that just kind of sparked that's a cool practice I like that and it just took a few minutes yeah I think that's cool and I think I think it's really important to just have really really super manageable goals like like I'm going to spend 15 minutes on Saturday looking around at foreign language software that's it that's it you're not gonna learn a new language on Saturday you're gonna spend 15 minutes like really like the most achievable goal you can think of yeah you know what I mean and or like you know I really want to read more I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading three times a week like you know make things like really really manageable and achievable that way when you do them you feel awesome and successful and you want to do it more also don't do anything you don't like because you won't ever want to do it and the other thing I would say is like you know sometimes we feel more trapped in our jobs and in our day-to-day lives than we really are. Um, if you if you have any leeway to get a different job, then maybe look into that. I think I don't think that everyone's nine to five job needs to be the most creatively and spiritually and intellectually fulfilling thing in the entire world because people have lives outside of work. Mm-hmm. But I think there is such a thing as having a job that you dread so much that it sort of drains your motivation to be a human being. Mm-hmm. And it, I would think seriously about yourself and your job and be like, is that what's happening with me? And if yeah. it is, maybe think about possibly changing jobs if if that's a possibility for you. It might not be. Yeah, any yeah, exactly. That's a good point because even if it's not because the economy, ugh. But um, any small change can spark bigger change. And I find that, you know, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Sally's right. If you have a big life goal and you're like, how do I get up that mountain? Start with the first step. How do you eat an elephant? That's an awful one. So... How do you eat an elephant? Yeah, like... Is that a real thing? Isn't that a thing? Like, one bite at a time? Did I I make that up? Am I weird? I... That sounds familiar, but it's true. You don't eat the whole elephant. Yeah, but it's terrible. I'm now visualizing that, but you know what? I think it's the same thing, though. But same idea, but don't don't do that. Yeah, I mean, build your foundation, build your tracks. Uh, I just totally quoted Under the Tuscan Sun, that movie, (laughs) which I loved. You're my hero. Do you like that movie? Um, I've never seen it, but I love that you quoted it. Well, you know what it means, though, right? No. Okay. (laughs) The people in Tuscany, this is what the movie said. I did not Google this, but I've I've heard it. Uh, Allegedly built the train tracks before the trains came because they didn't know the trains were going to necessarily go through, but they decided to build their tracks first just in case the trains Mm -hmm. were ready to come. 
And the whole movie's about building your oh, tracks. Shucks. And then later on, tubs will leave you all the fish. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's called building your tracks because, you know, it, it's going to come. It's like Field of Dreams. It's a, I was just about to. But better because that's stupid. No, it's not. Field of Dreams. And also trains, you know. know Kevin Costner. I don't know. Guys, oh. come on. What? I never saw that movie. Can you just give me the quick recap? He imagined a playing field so, and it happened. Yeah. I, that's I think silly. that's it. And I think he like imagines huh? old timey ball players. I'm not going to lie. Why I've never he seen he imagine it. for world peace if he had that power? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I have like, I have a lot to say about <laughs> Kevin Costner. None I, of it. None of it positive. I love how he has like, I have this thing. I'm going to think about it. Baseball. Baseball. Um, oh, wait, Kevin. what is? Wait, is there a good Kevin Costner movie? I feel like there's maybe one that JFK I like. JFK is an interesting movie. JFK. Oh, but he's terrible in it. I feel like there's one that I was always like, oh, boo, Kevin Costner, except this one thing. Uh, my favorite part of JFK was when um, they say the president's, you know, been shot. Spoiler. <laughs> and Kevin Costner's <laughs> character is a very bad Southern accent. He just can't do accents. And he goes, oh, no. Oh, um, not joking. God. And secondly, if you've not watched the Samantha Bee show, oh, I, which we talked about this earlier, <laughs> yes, but there's did. an amazing video of Ted Cruz in a play at Harvard and there's a line that he says that they keep playing over and over again and the line is why am I so persecuted and you have to watch <laughs> no, I definitely the it show is, just it is to on watch my to-do list Ted Cruz wait maybe it was Robin Hood Prince of Thieves or The Untouchables people like The Untouchables no Robin Hood was terrible um, okay, Robin right? was terrible. No, I think it was, but I think it was one of those terrible movies that I like. I'm looking at his film. Let, let's let's just talk okay. about this for a second. All right, we have- Tin Cup, Waterworld, Wyatt Earp. Ooh. Um, I don't. I didn't see Dances with Wolves, but it looked really problematic. No, it was Message like- in a Bottle. Mm. Um, no. Wait, what else here? Come on, it's got to be something, Kevin. Anything? What was his earlier work? I think that's where he really shined, right? Um, you- Malibu Hot Summer in Def- 1981. That's it. That's the one. Night Shift. He was Frat Boy Number One. <laughs> table for five he was newlywed husband oh table. the big chill alex parentheses scenes deleted <gasps> oh shit i think i've proved my point I about th- kevin costner i totally didn't disagree with you um, um no I, I needed to prove it to the world and to myself yes. but i think maybe the untouchables was good i don't know should we stop talking about kevin costner <laughs> no we can talk about it all day but maybe off mic okay maybe you call. should stay for the rest of the thank day thank you for reining us in um awesome so is that is that good <laughs> Did we give decent advice? I think we gave really good advice about Kevin Cosner and <laughs> I guess the other stuff, which is less important. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Start small. Build your tracks. Yeah. Don't watch. Feel the dreams. Yeah. But uh, dream something other than baseball players. There you go. Done. Easy. We did that for you. Um, awesome. So yeah. Uh, what was the name? Uh, Mona Lisa? Yeah. Mona Lisa. Yeah. Tell us how it all works out. Yeah. And also, by the way, a fear of failure. Hold it. Blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about that. You're going to be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. Um, most people fear success as opposed to failure. Uh-huh. That's you ever true. Think about that? It's oh, true. Shit. It's true. I, I do not feel failure. I feel I fear success. That's a and, fucking good point, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've been avoiding that success like the plague. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's a very common thing. Annie Hoodle. Uh, we have an update, I guess. Did I, I? I moved the pictures in the doc because I couldn't see them. Is this correct? Yeah. I mean, it's not really an update. It is. I feel like we, <laughs> is it? It is. We've talked so much about Neko Atsumi, but I don't see why we'd stop now. Um, Ginsburg, whose email we talked about in episode 31, Shame Shell, and mm. I think we also talked about another email from them last week. Yes. Um, sent us pictures of their cats who they named Catherine and Sally Which T. you can rename the cats. Which and- I keep forgetting to do that. I have to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we got pictures. Um, Catherine is in a cat tube. Yes. And, and I'm playing with a little ball. And my personality is lonely. 
and my power level is 40, and uh, my top three goodies used are Kick Toy, Cat Condo, and Burger Cushion. So, Ginsburg, you are 100% correct. Yeah, Ginsburg, you're really on to Sally, what's yours? My personality is spacey, mm-hmm. which I would say isn't a, a complete fit, but that's okay. And then top three goodies used, hot mat, small, rubber ball, red, tunnel, 3D piece. That's definitely. That you. is so me. That's you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, and, and also, the- there's a picture underneath of... Uh, did they make that? Yeah, they, Stop I mean, I think it. so. Ginsburg actually made IRL mm. cardboard versions for their cats Ooh. of the toy, of the goodies you can get in Echo Too cute. Uh, we should probably just, do you want to do a spinoff podcast about Echo Tsume? Yeah. It would probably be the first one. Yes, Tune actually. into that, guys. Let's do it. Should we post these online or? Yeah, we can yeah. tweet them. Oh, yeah, I'll tweet them. Okay, great. All right, so thank you uh, for listening. You can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Email us at StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com, especially after you hear the yeah. Easter egg at the end of this yes. show. Send a friend. Have the friend email us with your name saying, hey, I started listening because of this person. You will get a prize. Uh, of their choice or ours? I don't even know. Um, the referrer gets a prize. Um, and maybe we'll give you like three options and you choose a prize. How about that? Yeah. Okay, okay cool. so you just email us and all that stuff. And you can tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. All right, so. I, I see that you changed the song. I changed the Tell song. me about this. Do you know the song? I don't. Oh, boy. Uh, well, now that we're on the 80s Oh, kick. wait, is it the one that is in my head? Probably. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it, it's an 80s song that kind of wrecked me because it was a camp song. And I hated camp, but I loved the song. But um, it's called Forever Young by Alphaville. Those of you who know it um, know it's very beautiful and uh, just really kind of nice and sad but uplifting. And those of you who don't know it, watch out. And here's the interesting thing. I always thought it was about being young and it's hard to get old and all that stuff and you know, how innocent life is. But then I looked into it and I realized it was written by a German band uh, during the Cold War. And they say, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are you going to drop the bomb or not? And it's actually a song about being scared as you get older. And I wish I was a kid again when things were simple. Now, mind you, I don't want to get too much into this, but politics right now, scaring the shit out of me. It's it's really actually legitimately making me depressed. I've been talking to psychologists who say people are coming in and talking about Trump for like the full 45 minutes. And I think it's, you know, easy to say, yeah, no, it is, you know, it's a problem. But I just want to remind people, and this is what I tell myself, this has happened in history, unfortunately. It does happen over and over again. Uh, It sucks, but uh, it's not the end of the world. It feels like it sometimes. Uh, We've been through a lot of things and will continue to, but... um, you know, try to keep your head up and just do your best. There's some really great people in this world that can make a difference. And I know it feels like we've gone uh, one step forward, two steps back in so many issues, but just try to remember that, you know, there's some really good people. And uh, the bomb didn't drop back then. True. It didn't. This is also, first of all, I like really like what you just said, and I'm going to take it to heart. And two, this is our second Cold War era song because Jesus Jones right here, right now, was I think I think was about the end of the Cold War. Is that true? Yes, you're right. Oh right? my goodness. So um I have another one up my sleeve. Maybe we'll do that for next oh, week to keep no. it. Oh no, are we gonna start talking? It's oh. the only other Cold War song I know. The only other one? That I know. Is it Red Balloons? No. Oh. Oh, is that one? I don't know. Okay. I just I don't know. I think everything is, it's about war in that song. It probably is. Probably is. Well anyway, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so try to not let the news get to you too much. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you can be upset and frustrated, but it's okay to lay back and let Tubbs eat his food. Yeah, man. I mean, do we need to say more? That's it. So yeah, thanks for uh thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye.
And the Easter egg is Field of Dreams 2, Lockout. 